kidding. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, Happy New Year. And welcome to Mike and Dave Hit the Stage. Uh, it's going to be an interesting one. This is kind of a new start, new year. And this is going to be songs that got us into entire genres of music. Yeah, man. And uh, to start this one off, it's going to be weird. Why is it going to be weird? Because this one comes with a story. Oh, I like stories. Especially so, Dave's stories. In the Luigi handing me a, a mixtape story. Yes. One of the two Dream Theater songs that was handed to me yeah. was Scene 2, Strange Deja Vu from uh, Metropolis Part 2. Okay. Um, this is the song that got me into progressive music. Mm -hmm. It's a song that got me into Dream Theater. Yeah. And basically restarted my want to play in bands and my want to do, like, to play music. How old are you? Uh, 19, 18. Okay. 18 years old. Uh -huh. I had played, I wasn't very good, uh, did my best. It was, this was mind-blowing to me. Like, it, the second I heard it, I'm mm -hmm. like, this is incredible. And I know you're not in love with Dream Theater. No. But this, like... It's not It's not Mariah Carey hate, but... <laughs> <laughs> Call back to Christmas. <laughs> oh, man. Or Gwen Stefani. Um, but when you listen to this, like, from a fresh perspective and not knowing Dream Theater, mm -hmm. this was something I had never heard before. Have this you never heard Dream Theater before? I had never heard Dream Theater before, gotcha. and I had never heard this. Uh -huh. like this, this type of music. This type of music. Gotcha. And I had heard, I'd heard metal. Yeah. I'd heard, I had never heard progressive music. I'd never heard progressive rock, progressive metal, none of it. Yeah. It just did not sit in the wheelhouse that I was in up until that point. Uh-huh. And this dude I went to college with, we talked for like five hours the first day, talked about Black Sabbath and all this stuff. He starts mentioning Rush, I know nothing. Yeah. He starts mentioning uh, Dream Theater and a few other bands, and I knew nothing. And the next time we really hung out, he handed me a mixtape. And it had, I mean, the run of, like, from Frank Zappa. Did you get nervous? No, because... <laughs> Here's the thing. I say it like it's it is awkward. But here, bro, have a mixtape. This is the this is a guy who would literally show you how to play something. Oh yeah. If he knew how to play it and you wanted to learn, right? He would sit down with you and teach you. Mm -hmm. He he was super cool. The same guy who handed me a VHS tape to learn how to count music properly. Okay. Always interested in having people learn new stuff mm -hmm. and to experience new things. He's musically the the most varied musical person I think I've ever met. Cool. Like he listens to everything. Yeah, yeah. He experiences everything. And th him thinking about how to get me into something that I had never really experienced before is interesting. Just the idea of presenting a, a wide array of these of these songs. Right. Two per band. Well, I think I think we all try to do that uh especially young younger us. Would oh I always try to get people into what I listen to. Yeah, it never works. Mm, I, 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 I think the way he looked at it and the way he approached it was really interesting because he knew that I I listened to metal. Yeah, he knew that. Like we talked, I, I was like, yeah, I listen to metal, I listen to hard rock, and the next thing he did, he said, yeah, there's some there's some progressive metal on here, there's some rock, there's some there's some really weird stuff. Yeah, just give it a listen, and if, you, if there's anything you like, let me know. Mm -hmm. And there were only two bands on here that I fell in love with. But then there are several other bands that I was like, yeah, this is crazy. I like this. Right. Not that I would I would <clears throat> buy everything they had. Yeah. There are two bands that I did. Yeah. Uh, Face Warning and Dream Theater. Cool. Dream Theater was the first one I heard, and I was hooked. 
And Fate's warning still to this day. Everything and every, and everything stuck. Like like even after obviously uh, after listening to other songs from these bands, uh, you stuck with it. I mean, oh, I mean yeah. they became uh, uh, mainstays in your playlist. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and their uh, side projects and whatever their their band members that left that they started. Yeah, they also influenced what I listened to and changed how I listen to music. But mm. this this was a like a kick to the back of the head. Yeah. Like do something <laughs> like this is what's out there. This is something you've never heard before. Go. Right. Do something as in do something yourself or, yes. or okay. It's like, you know, my first experience listening to them was a few months before seeing them live mm-hmm. touring this album. Yeah. Playing beginning to end and then doing, you know, another hour of music. Mm-hmm. So they played this album beginning to end, which is a concept piece. This is, this is what we were talking about the last time. Uh, a few episodes ago where they played like a night with... Yeah, an evening with Dream Theater where they play an entire album. Well, they usually end up either using a concept album and then the other one is their regular standard set. Was this with one of those or was this uh, a show like that or was this just a regular show? The first first time I saw them wasn't. The first time they had two opening bands. Yeah. One of which was also on that cassette tape that Mm -hmm. he handed me. Uh, This band called the Dixie Dregs. Yeah. They're... Ah. They're a progressive, like, bluegrassy kind of band. Interesting. And then the opening band was a band called the Star People. Yeah. They were sitting down. They were wearing suits. I have never seen a band get pelted with batteries. Really? And Mentos. See? Anything you could throw uh, at somebody. Okay. Now, why? At At a Dream Theater show? At a Dream Theater show. Because Dream Theater at that time was getting heavier. Okay. And the bands that they were touring with were less heavy and more progressive. Okay. And these guys were just not... Keeping up with the rest of the bands, like their style was a little more jazzy and a little more meh. So were they put not first? They were first, and they oh, were okay. terrible. Like they weren't a good. Yeah, but they're supposed to be the first band. But man. the first band shouldn't be so hated that you throw stuff at them. No, but then the, they were a poor fit. But here's the thing: is they've been touring, or was this the first show? I don't know. Right. Like I don't if know you're where touring they sat on the tour. And, and you look at this band, and you go, dude. Just not working. Oh, they were so bad. Like they were, they were. Their music was boring. Yeah, it was. Like I said, everyone was sitting down. Yeah, even the, I don't even know if there was a singer. Yeah, there might have been multiple singers, but everyone was sitting down. Mm-hmm. They were getting pelted with batteries and change. It was bad. Yeah. Then they le- they get off the stage. I think they finished their set. Yeah. The Dixie Dregs got on and tore it up. Okay. Bluegrass tore it up, but tore it up. Oh, I believe me. I got I got a story from my first song and 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 uh, about an opening band. Opening bands. Bands. Yeah. Yeah, but um, they played, Dream Theater played that that album mm-hmm. almost in its entirety. And then they closed with a song, which was almost 30 minutes. I know that's a thing. <laughs> I know it's a thing for non-Dream Theater fans. And I understand it. Because I feel that way about song, long songs from other, other types of music that I don't enjoy. Right. But. Fish. Oh, God. Grateful Dead. You just. My, I thought my nose started bleeding when you said fish. <laughs> like, I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh. I thought that was going to be like the trigger word. <laughs> Reggie Jackson. <laughs> so when uh, they came back around the next time, they were filming for a DVD. Yeah. And that was in 2000. Mm-hmm. So I was 19. Stood in line. We got real close to the front. Yeah. I hate doing that. I never, I'm never doing that again. Well, that's 
Yeah, it's, I hate you, standing you online. Could, I hate you could we, die. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> also, I'm fat and sweaty. It's not fun for anybody. Right. But we spent the spent the whole evening watching Dream Theater mm-hmm. and only Dream Theater, and it was amazing because right. they they put on a great show. Their their bassist is a statue. He barely moves. Ah. The rest of the band is awesome. Their 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 drummer's phenomenal. Their keyboardist is mm-hmm. is graduated from Juilliard as a child. Right. Um, and it. it for me, it's an exciting band back then. Yeah. Um, Not anymore? Why, why do you mean back then? Things have changed. Their style has... It, I don't enjoy the newer albums. Okay. The last two. Yeah. I didn't enjoy. All right. Uh, uh, musically changed? Style? Like, like- well, style changed a little bit. Um, one of their main writers, yeah. uh, Mike Portnoy, their drummer, yeah. left a okay. few albums ago. And they got a new drummer, Mike Mangini, who's a very good drummer. But the style of music just doesn't, it doesn't quite sit. They did another concept album. It didn't feel right. Yeah. It just, eh, it just mm-hmm. you, you fall out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I'm still in love with the earlier albums. Right, of course. This album is one of those, if I'm ever feeling like, meh, mm-hmm. I can throw this album on and listen beginning to end. All right, cool. And it links to the next album. Like, the la- the end of the, the end of the last track Ugh, is the ahead. same sound at the beginning of the is next, it, is, the next right, album. Right. Not that it's linked Theme thematically, uh-huh. it's just so uh, you could technically play the the, the end song of the le- of the first album into the into the second album, and it would kind of flow together. It would flow, yeah, yeah. No, right. I'm not against that. I'm not, you know, no, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, petitioning <laughs> for or against it. I'm just cranky today. <laughs> well, I I do know that you have a very specific opinion of Dream Theater. Um, I, I don't. D- I don't hate them. Yeah, I know, but you're not in love. Yeah. Like, this got me in love with the right. whole genre of music. You know what I would probably like? And I, and it, it, not for a long time, but, like, Mike would, when we would play shows, Mike would put on, like, a, a Rush uh, video, mm-hmm. show, or, uh, you know, or I don't even know if he put any Dream Theater stuff on, but whatever he did, I would love watching it because as much as I dislike Rush... They're phenomenal. The, the playing, and and just Neil Peart himself. Yep. Watching him play it was amazing to me. That's why I loved watching Mike play because he did all these little things, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, Mike, don't quit. <laughs> but uh, this is subliminal, Mike, don't quit. But I always enjoy watching the drummer. Oh, yeah, absolutely, and you know, Portnoy is one of those drummers. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't say that I I, I dislike it. Uh, uh, hate it. I just dislike it. I just don't. Yeah, I get that. Not my thing. I can completely get that, yeah. and I think that's why this podcast is important for us. Because mm-hmm. you're, I'm playing stuff for you that you either haven't heard or have heard in passing, right? And you're playing stuff I've actually never heard before, and, uh, and I'm enjoying it. And uh, I also, except for Gwen Stefani. Well, <laughs> oh man, this is going to become a running thing, isn't it? Oh. Um, Running jump kick. So, uh, oh, damn, I forgot what I was going to say. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> oh, no. So uh, you were saying that, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm showing you stuff that you, you just you didn't know and, and you're fine. Same with me. Yeah. You know, like when we first started this, we, you put an, an Otep song on. Opeth. Ope, Otep's the. Otep is the female lead. Yes. Uh, yes. I believe she's hardcore. I don't know what she's. I don't know what the genre is, but she, she is a specific she's style. Heavy. Heavy, but very different. Yeah, Opeth. Opeth. That one song, uh, like you, like you've said, I, I put it in the rotation. It's in, it's in the it's playlist. So now. weird. Yeah, 
And honestly, um, Operation Ivy has come into my world a little bit. And Frank, the next song that we're going to talk about, Frank Turner, has also come into yeah. my rotation pretty pretty solidly. Well, do you want to go into Frank Turner now? In a second, okay, actually. The, there's one last thing about yeah, Dream Theater. Yeah. Um, because Dream Theater is known for like odd time signatures and weird stuff. Yeah. This song has the weirdest middle solo section I've ever heard. It actually, it, it counts in four. Yeah. But it shrinks down in the number of repeats yeah. down to one and then back out to like six. Fucking math. It's like six and then f- it's six and six and five and five and four and four. I don't even th- know what you're talking about. Well, it, it goes through. Prime numbers. Think, of, think about a riff. Think <laughs> of know. any riff in your head. They play it six times. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they play another little riff. Right, right. Then right, they play right. a, a different riff six times. Right. Then it goes to five and five. Okay. And then four and four. And then they get down to just the one little riff in between. And then they build it back out to six again. Okay. So it's they call it the shrink and grow. It shrinks down to nothing, grows back out <laughs> you know to full size. I call the shrink and grow. Yeah, I know you in the pool. <laughs> you thought you thought you were gonna beat me to that joke. <laughs> so yeah, this was this was one of those counting things that I learned, and I I noticed it before I actually knew what it was. I'm okay, like, that's really weird. Yeah, and like I said, I fell in love with this band from this and one other song on this album, mm-hmm. and. It stuck, and then I went back. I went all the way back to their beginning. Yeah. I actually made friends with their original singer, Charlie Dominici. Okay. Uh, on Facebook, he had cats, and I'm a big dog fan. <laughs> okay. Well, he's not really in music in the same level that he was back then. Right, but he was still. And he's a Long Island guy. These are these are Long Island guys. Yeah, yeah. So I had talked to him. We had exchanged photos of pets, and we were talking about animal rescue stuff, and it was really cool. Yeah. And he had been let go from the band in, in the 80s, you know. So he was before they got kind of famous? Their first album. Their first album when Dream and Day Unite. Okay. And then their second album was with their current singer all the way through. Pete Best? Is that what he is? He's the, yeah, no. (laughs) No, they had a Pete Best guy. (laughs) I think even Metallica had a Pete Best guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, Stuart Sutcliffe. (laughs) We're going to start naming members of the Beatles that don't get counted. So now we want, I want to talk about Frank Turner. All right. And I want to hear what you have for a story for this. Okay, yeah. So I'll start out with, uh, I start looking for songs. I get bored sometimes. And I don't want to listen to the stuff I've listened to my, you know, my whole life. Yeah. So what I do is a lot of times, a lot of the bands I found by checking the thank yous when we used to buy CDs. Yeah. And I look through and I write down the names. Some of them are just local bands and you're not going to find them anywhere. But sometimes you hit on one and I'm like, ooh. All right, let's check this out. I found more than one band that way. Right. And I, and I, and I, I, uh, you know, I found uh, many bands this way. Frank Turner, I found out by going to, uh, Epitaph is a, is a punk label. Yes. Uh, Epitaph Records. Right. And, uh, so I went on them. I went on their, their website. And, uh, God, I found, when did I find Frank Turner? Early 2000s. You know, I was, had to be 2004, 2005, maybe. And, uh, so I'm going through their through their their stuff, and you know I'm reading, and they have like uh, little like you could hit play on one of the songs and hear the band, and if the band's screaming, I'm like, oh, I'm done. So and it says they're they're like kind of like their genre, like you know like you know screamo emo this you know. Ugh. Next to Frank Turner, it said folk punk, and I went, what the actual fuck does that mean? Because <laughs> it's not rockabilly, right? Right? That's so, a completely different thing. So I I hit play 
And it's this song, Photosynthesis. And I'm blown away. Because not only does he... He's talking about himself. But he's talking about things that everybody understands. And I find it in every one of his songs. He's a relatable person. Dude. So relatable that when we went to see him, the first show me and Mary Jane went to see him was at Brooklyn Bowl. Right over here. I know the, I know the, I know the event. Right. Uh, the event space. Oh, okay. Not the event itself. I was like, what? <laughs> so, uh, not sure if it was his first time in America. I'm not sure, you know. It, he, was he headlining? I don't remember. Anyhow, long story short, as we get there early, we're drinking at the bar. And uh, we're meeting my friend Zuba there. And this tall guy comes in. I'm sorry. A, yeah. Your friend who? Zuba. That is a very unique name. Yes. Are we going to glance over the name Zuba? Well, she's... Uh, uh, she's got a... Uh, yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's such a strange name. Okay. So Zuba is uh, my friend. She lives here on McGinnis. Uh, well, she lives in, Bro- in Brooklyn, right? And uh, I met her through a bartender friend of mine. She was like, I know this person who you would love. So Zuba is Egyptian. That's a very interesting name. She's like... I, I, she's about six foot tall. Probably over six foot tall. She's wow. bigger than all of us. And she is the epitome of Brooklyn. She has the accent. Wow. She has the attitude. And she takes no fucks. <laughs> okay? Takes no fucks, gives no shits. And she's, yeah, and she's become, she has been a close family friend for a long time. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're meeting Zuba there. I was like, that's such a, such a cool yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, so she has, uh, that's not her, her real name. That's just her nickname? Yeah. Was she really into, like, sports pants? No, I think it's... Jesus, she's going to kill me. <laughs> You're making me do this, yes. Chase. You're making me do this. Yes. So, uh, I believe it's uh, a nickname that her family gave her from her full name. From Oh, so like a shortened... Or a, right, like right, a, right. Like a, like a kid's nickname. Yeah, yeah. So... I, don't, I never had one of those. No? Everyone calls me I, David. See, I got... I, I, I call myself Dave, but yeah. my parents... Everyone called me David. Was, on, the, on the Italian side, it was Michelouz. Okay. Yeah. Right? So that's what I get called to this day, and I'm 46 years old. <laughs> People still call me Michelouz. <laughs> it's not the weirdest thing I've heard. No. And, uh, well, yeah. You know what my other nickname is? You know what my other nickname is. Noogs. Noogie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so we go, we go to, to, to Brooklyn Bowl to see uh, Frank. And this guy walks in with a backpack, and he's kind of little, looks sheepish, but he's six foot two or something like that. All these tall fucking people and coming Mary Jane, And Mary Jane, well, I'm a short guy, dude. How tall are you? Five seven-ish. I don't know, five eight. Maybe. So we're around the same yeah. height. Uh, and uh, Mary Jane looks over. She Sorry, goes, John. <laughs> she goes, uh, <laughs> she goes, uh, that, that's, that's him. I'm like, that's who? And she goes, that's Frank right there. So he leans over to the bartender and he goes, uh, can I have a PBR, please? In an English accent. I can't do any. I'm not going to try to do an English Thank accent. Thank you. <laughs> and the guy goes, we're right next to Brooklyn Bowl, uh, Brooklyn Brewery. We don't have any PBRs. And he's like, all right, I'll just take a, a lager or whatever. And he's standing there. And, Mary, and I, we approached him. We're like, dude, you know, we're here to see you, this and that. And we took pictures of him. Now, back then, we had flip phones. Yes. I will show you these pictures at oh. the end of the day. At the end of this this episode, and, and is it just shadows? They're grainy, yeah, because it was grainy. dark. 
You can't tell him from me, from her to yeah. you just see him standing next to a tall guy. It looks like name that Pokemon. Beer. And uh, he came on. You know, we, we saw a couple of the opening bands, and then uh, he comes on, and uh, people are singing full songs, like 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 right along with it. And I'm like, holy crap! I didn't realize how much fun it was. It was so much fun. Oh yeah, right. Ooh. Anytime you have something you're in love with, Dream Theater, there, yeah. there are people singing along the whole time. Funny, funny enough, with that last show that I was talking about, the where they did mm-hmm. the whole album and then an evening with the yeah. first evening with I saw uh, saw of them that they recorded for a DVD. Mike was there, really, not with me. Ah. We hadn't met yet. Yeah, but we were at the same show. That's awesome. me and my friend Luigi, yeah. and a few other people, and then Mike was there with other people. We never even we never even met each other that yeah. day. Years later, we met. Yeah, which is hilarious. Well, that's. But when you love music, you sing the words. You, oh yeah. You, you, so I can't sing for shit, and I still do it. Oh yeah, I did it the other day when we went to see uh, Goldfinger. Uh, so, so after the show, he comes off stage, and Zuba grabs him, and we're doing shots with him, and there's pictures of us doing shots with him. Grainy as shit. Every show we go to see him, we meet him. That's great. He. Now recognizes you. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I wouldn't say he doesn't know our names. But he knows who but he you knows are because he knows are. your face. Yeah. And uh, and he's just been getting bigger and bigger. He signed to Interscope over here. Uh, and there was a time. Uh, once that happened, I told Mary Jane, I was like, we're never meeting him again. <laughs> and uh, that was wrong. Because I'm glad. He, I'm glad that's wrong. I, I, I have this knack of, okay, this is going to sound a little, sound a little stalkery. Mm-hmm. But I know where to meet the, especially him. We've talked about this. Because he likes to drink after after the show. Yeah. And he doesn't mind hanging out with his fans. But we've talked about meeting people right. after shows. That's how I met George Carlin. Yeah. You, you hang out where you think they're going to be. Right. And you run into them. Right. I met George Carlin, oh God, 2002 yeah. at the Beacon Theater. Yeah. I'd seen this. We watched the taping of the HBO special live. Right. And then we went around back and waited by the stage door. He came out, signed my ticket. Yeah. George Carlin. Yeah. Simple. Didn't make a huge thing out of it, didn't yell. Mm-hmm. But you treat somebody with respect, they're right. usually cool about so it. So there's there's pictures of us hanging out with him. Like he's doing shots with us, smiling. <laughs> Better pictures because now we say, have smartphones and stuff. Smartphones like that. with good cameras. And uh, he gave, he uh, he was, we met him at, uh, before a show one time. He was at, at, at the merch table. And, uh, and Mary Jane was pregnant at the time. And he keeps, Mary Jane kept wanting to get his symbol. He does like the hardcore symbol. Okay. But it's an X with FT, uh, FTHC, Frank Turner Hardcore. Okay. Right? So she kept wanting to get a tattoo of that. And every time he wrote it on her, we would go home. And it would rub off. And no one. She would find out she was pregnant. <laughs> so she can't get a tattoo. Well. Right? So she tells him this. I like you, so I'm not going to say what I normally say. <laughs> Just to stop for one minute. <laughs> Let the woman get a tattoo. <laughs> I say it like you have 16 kids. You yeah, have two. Have two. So, um. So uh, she tells him the story, right? And since she told him a story, he goes, he, he pulls us to the side. He goes, I'll let you guys know. He goes, I have a new album coming out. And it's coming out in like three months or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, no one else knows, you know, but I want you guys to know. And it was pretty cool. That is know? awesome. So, uh, so uh, getting back to Frank. So this song comes on and I'm like, all right, now I got I to gotta investigate the guy. And he started out. In a, in a hardcore band called uh, Million Dead in England. Okay. Right? They played, they actually got pretty big, I think. And then they broke up and he got real depressed. 
and uh, like you would, yeah. So he didn't know what he wanted to do. So I believe one of his friends told him that, listen, if you want to do something, do it yourself. And he's like, what do you mean? Here, you have a guitar, write your own music. So he started out doing acoustic, like folk punk stuff, punk lyrics to folk music, which took on, he started a genre basically. He invented his own genre right. out of necessity. Right. So, uh, so right. Originally it's just him. Then it's him. And like, he found people to help him. Then he got a band together, Frank Turner, uh, you know, uh, the sleeping souls. Okay. So it's Frank Turner and sleeping souls. And, uh, it's mostly the same guys. A couple guys left. Nigel, the, the drummer, just left and all this. But uh, for the most part, it's the same guys. And they help him. He writes the music. And they help him record. And then they play live. That's awesome. Right? And he's progressively... Listen to his albums. I'm going to actually he, dive deeper into this. He, it's a rock band now. It's well, a rock band. I'm going to go... I'm probably going to get them in order and do... Yes. Yes. What I call but, the progressive dive. And you're going to... And... and He's writing punk rock songs on some of them. I did this with Mike Head got me into Butch Walker, and I did that from South Gang all the way up to where I... And I think I brought this up earlier that uh, uh, I I love watching an evolution of a band. Yes. And this, you're going to see the evolution of Frank Turner to the point of where it's a rock band now. It's no more, it's no longer folk punk. Well, we have, we have a few bands, both of us on these lists that we think about the evolution and the change. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and talking about um, um, opening bands, I have found so many bands going to his shows and watching the opening bands. There was uh, Franz, uh, Franz Nikolai. He was from the, uh, the, the, the uh, I think they were called the, the Rock Steady. I think. He was in a band, right? Uh, and, and then he went out solo and he opened, he did a solo. He, was, he played accordion. He was by himself, Very played strange. accordion and sang. I would say that's a very strange it combination. Awesome. It's got to be. It's got to be stand to be stand out. It's got to really stand out. It was out. awesome. And then uh, who was it? Andrew Andrew Jackson Jihad. Uh, I'm sorry. That's the name of the band. Okay, if you say so. Yeah, exactly. But they're like a crazy like uh, they play acoustic, and I guess it would be folky, you know. But it's punk folk. It's, yeah, Andrew Jackson Jihad sounds pretty yeah. punk. And then the last one, which I'm, is going to eventually become, uh, it's going to go on a list, is, um, uh, what the hell is the name of that that band? Damn it. It's the one I really want to talk about. Anyway, they have a, they have a song called Hobo's Lament. Uh, and, and they came out with uh, Larry and His Flask. That's the name of the- Larry the, and His Flask. Larry, Larry and His Flask. That's the name of the, the, the group. They came out with a stand-up bass. Oh, the upright. Like, like the, the drummer only had like a cymbal and a snare drum. Oh, Tiger Army style. And they came out and they played this country punk. Oh, what it was so good. They were jumping up and down and it and I watched and I was like, I, I, I gotta I gotta find what this band does. That reminds me of the Bridge City Sinners. Okay. Uh, female-led, she plays violin, there's an upright bass. Yeah. They're like seven-piece band. Yeah. One guy's playing a washboard, but they're playing, singing evil, kind of punkish stuff. Yeah. And at the same time, with a very, 
a blue grassy blue grassy feel. Yeah, it's yeah. very strange, but yeah. very good. Yeah, uh, them and the Dead South are in that same genre okay. of weird. Mm-hmm. I think that stuff's really cool. This really caught me off guard because I'm like, I'd heard you mention Frank Turner before, right. but I never looked into it. Frank Turner, by the way, is a is is a is an acquired taste because some people listen to it and they're just like, uh. But I don't. He, he speaks to my soul, dude. I Every don't. Soul. I don't get. I, he doesn't speak to my soul. Not yet. But he's not. Uh, he's definitely not. Like I would not skip it. You got to understand. This is his beginning stuff. Yes. Uh, this is not a skip for me. Uh-huh. This is also not a. Like I said, I have to kind of mm-hmm. dive through all the albums to feel yeah. where it's going. But I liked it. I really did. I really liked the way it felt. It it had a a, a cool energy to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that more than anything, if it feels good, yeah, oh yeah, run with it, which takes us in the opposite direction now to Demo Warrior, <laughs> Progenies of the Great Apocalypse. You have this. You have this. Uh, how do I put this? You like grand sounding music. I do. It's so big it's, to me, and in my car because I'm going to work at four <laughs> in the morning, and I put this. I'm like, let me listen to Dave's playlist, and I'm. I'm in a freaking epic movie. Now, now, do you understand what I meant when I said I don't symphonic like black metal? No, I understand. I, I but I, it's it's so not me. It's it, it's so it's, not me. It honestly isn't me either. Yeah, and that like it's not my style. Yeah, but man, it, like I said, the first time I heard that, I'm like Jesus. I yeah, gotta, it's I so gotta, big though. It's huge, and there's there's something about like the the growly the gravelly voice yeah. stuff is one thing. When that bassist starts singing, yeah, in that yes. weird operatic yes. voice, okay, yes, he's also seven feet tall. Yes, he's a giant. Yeah, um, these guys are big, big Norwegian guys. Yeah. They are, I mean, no joke. Mm-hmm. Their drummer's a was was a, was a massive man. Their uh, their their bassist is a giant. Yeah, and he had this operatic voice. Yeah, they didn't replace him. Like when they got a new, when he left. They didn't find another man who could sing and play bass. Mm-hmm. They got another bassist, and they got a female singer to do other stuff. Yeah. and she covers some of that. Mm. You can't cover that. Yeah, like that's an original. That's a very unique voice. Right, right. And that sound is gigantic. And oh. with the idea of the symphonic stuff in the back, yeah, I know the cops are going to keep coming by. Brooklyn in the back. Uh, you got to love Brooklyn. <laughs> Brooklyn in the new year, baby. <laughs> Here we go. But with that symphonic sound. Comes a different style. This is obviously not your Mr. Microphone, Mayhem Burzum, you know, Anthem to the Welkins at Dusk black metal. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. This is not that cheaply recorded. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there uh, there's talk about some guys doubling up their drums, like recording the drums twice. Yeah. So they could do double Qual- fluttered bass. Yeah. Like you do a single, like a double tap on bass for one. Right. And then another drum hit on the second track. Right. To give you like a triple sound. Okay. It sounds like garbage. Does it? I, I it absolutely does because it wasn't recorded well to begin with. Yeah. But Demu, you know, they record like a professional band. Mm-hmm. They recorded in a good studio with good quality equipment. They care about what they're writing. Yeah. It may not be the best, the best style mm-hmm. for what you love, but it is so grand. Yeah. And it's the term grandiose was a huge part of that. This is one of those bands that I wasn't led into by Dream Theater yeah. at all. But it definitely sat in that progressive because this is a progress from black metal. Mm-hmm. This is, is a it, huge is step this, up. Okay, All this right. is definitely like Cradle of Filth, and right. this are evolutions of black metal, for better or worse. Okay, okay. I, I just learned something. I didn't. 
Oh, have you have you ever listened to Cradle of Filth? I have. So they're Mike they're, they're well written, well recorded. Yeah. Yes. Um, but they're still black metal, kind of. Okay. They've veered away from that a little bit. Mm-hmm. These guys have not. They're still very much black metal, but they've incorporated the symphony. Mm-hmm. They've incorporated a female vocalist. In this case, the male, the male operatic voice. Yeah. And he, I mean, just to see, I saw them live. Yeah. At Ozfest one year. They played Ozfest. Yeah. Okay. It was what? What, what do you remember? What year? Oh six, maybe. Not the not the main stage. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Did I go in 06? It was who, who was on 06? It was Was it It was Demu? Yeah. I think it was Demu Slayer. No, I missed and that. And Ozzy. No, I missed that one. It Damn it, was I missed that one. That's insane. Good. Yeah. They were I don't even think they were the part of the three. I think Judas Priest might have been there too. Mm-hmm. It was cuz that was that was one of the ones where Ozzy was sick. Yeah. He had bronchitis and Halford covered his, his vocal duties. At, Oz, at, at Jones Beach. That's awesome. It was insane. Yeah. It was, I mean, these guys, one is Jones Beach, so it's on the water. Yeah. It's bright out. Yeah. Yeah. Around that time is when it started getting pretty dark outside. It was in the, it was, it was in the parking lot, right? It wasn't in the. No, it was at the amphitheater. Oh, yeah? We were seated. Yeah. Nah, I, and I, I, I would knock it, but it was so good. Yeah, I mean, hey, if it was good, I've, I've seen shows sl- that were hated. And then Slayer, yeah, Slayer being just Slayer, yeah. And that was the year. That was the year they released uh, "God Hates Us All" six six six. Okay, six six oh six. Yeah, it was crazy, <laughs> crazy. Now, how did they, they, if I remember correctly, I haven't been to Jones Beach, Jones Beach in so long. There's no pit area, is there? No, it's there's all no pits. pits. What the it hell? It was in the back. You know how they have the open area in the back? Yeah. They, that's It's the same thing they do at PNC. So not in the... Not in the forward section. I'm trying to remember. So when you think... Like, so there was seats, empty space, and then the seats up, up going up. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So the biggest thing, like, my most of my experiences, with the exception of that one OzFest. Yeah. We're at PNC in Jersey. Yeah, I did PNC. I did Giant Stadium. So the PNC, the lawn's in the back. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, everything in front seated. Right, right. That's where we sat because my friend Jay used to bring us there. Gotcha. And we get the handicapped lawn, which was literally folding chairs on a lawn space yeah. next to the seats. Okay. It was cool. Yeah. And then um, we never sat lawn. Mm-hmm. And then when I sat lawn. In yeah, 06, one, one we time. did, 06, we did uh, regular seating. My friend Steve from Shadow. Yeah. Danny from Shadow. I think Luigi was there and myself. And it was, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So Demo, Demo is like when when people say oh, I hate black metal, I'm like I hate it too. Yeah. Except for Demo. Okay. And a few other bands. There are a couple of other weird bands that came out of like Norway mm-hmm. that aren't quite pure black metal. Right. And I love I love the mixing of black metal with other stuff. Yeah. The same way I love the mix of like metal and progressive music and metal and and jazz mm-hmm. and you know the odd stuff. Oh yeah. And now, with that being said, I'd like to get to Operation Ivy. Yes. Knowledge. Yes. This is now the, the version that you sent me was a remaster. I couldn't. Yeah. And you can't find I can't the original. Find the original, dude. But in this case, it sounded really good. Yeah. Well, so, it's it, 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 think of it a little more raw. That's what they they made it. They made it pretty. Okay. You know. But the one thing that uh, growing up, uh, like I said, I started out as as heavy metal guy. You know, yeah. Metallica, 
Megadeth. Megadeth, all that stuff, you know? Judas then, Priest. Yeah. Well, that's coming yep. up. And, um, and, uh, when I was introduced to punk, it was in high school. And, uh, you know, and Operation Ivy was the first. I was going to say, you said, you had said previously that Operation Ivy was the first punk band you got into. Yeah. To the point where your usernames were Op Ivy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look them up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, uh, check Tinder. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Grinder. What? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> oh, I like sandwiches so, too. So, uh, oh, different, different. It's different. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I picked knowledge because it's 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 the upbeat song. I, I I'm not saying that that was the first Operation Ivy song I heard, but it's it's that album. They basically have that album and that's it. Energy, yeah. right? They have one album. Uh, they basically started the whole this wave of punk rock, the right? current wave. Yeah. So who's in that band is 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 Tim Armstrong and Matt Freeman from Rancid. Rancid. Right. So after Operation Ivy broke up, uh, Tim Tim Neville didn't really like to sing. He sings on these al- on this album, but he's the backup singer. He's not the lead guy. So who's the lead singer of Rancid then? Is that Tim Armstrong? Okay, that's what I thought. Rancid has two singers as well. Lars as well. Lars Fredrickson, who yeah. tattooed me. Do, do, do. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's that's Lars. I can show you pictures of Lars tattooing me uh, at New York Hardcore Tattoo in New York, um, and. So, this introduced me to punk, and then it, right right from this, they were already broken up. They they broke up in '89. There's actually a, a rancid song. Um, uh, we fucked up. Take us back. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? I can't knock. This, I cannot knock rancid. I only know one album. This 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 made. L- l- listen, Op Ivy. I don't think would have ever gotten huge. Right, Rancid got huge. Rancid did right, and if it wasn't for Operation Ivy, uh, there would be no Rancid. Yeah. So, uh, so you got right. It went from it went from Operation Ivy to Rancid to Bad Religion, and these, if you if you know me, these are my core bands since the beginning. It's the, like these the, are my favorites. The foundations, right? These are my favorites, and they're there forever. You know, I get that. Uh, but yeah, what I like about this style of music is that uh and I don't know a lot of people don't understand what I mean. I love the raw sound of it. The unproduced part of it. Which is funny because I didn't I don't mind that. Yeah. But when it's so bad, we get you get black metal. Well and then black but, black but, metal's production quality and the raw sound right. of it turns me off. I'm, In this case I'm not saying it works for the music. Right. I'm not saying like like, you know, uh recorded uh uh, you know, in an alleyway. In an alleyway, saying, Mr. Microphone. It, well, uh, this this album, actually, was recorded live. Okay. If you listen, they're all playing together. It's not drums and then bass and then guitar. They could only afford to do record, a live room recording. Do a live room recording. Oh, that's... So, see, I like that. Yeah. Um, there Which are, is hard to tell, I guess, with the remaster, because... It's remixed. It's yeah. it, Not remixed, but it's... Everything has been readjusted right. to, to compensate but for But I that. remember you can hear it. You can hear little screw ups and little, you know, and uh, and that's what I loved about the music. It's like that. And then I heard uh, um, one of the first sick of it all albums is like that, where it's it's. I don't know if that was recorded live, but it has that feel. But it has that. It's 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 not overproduced. Okay. You know, 
and and some and and this is not a knock at the stuff you send, but sometimes I put on your it's playlist so and overproduced. it's so produced. I'm like, holy! I have to like I start my stuff at ten, you know, on my car, and and like some of the stuff you send, I'm like, Jesus, it's got to go down to like eight or seven, because it's so much, and it's like an attack of sound, you know. I think well, I think that might be one partially because I my hearing is terrible. <laughs> No, but it has nothing awful. to do with you. It's yeah. just it's the song. Like I noticed it on one of one of the playlists I sent you uh, this week that one of the songs does that. Like the first song I sent is at a certain point, and then the second song comes in, and it's like whoa, it's like easy. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, um, for Operation Ivy, it just it felt good. It that like I said, I I really judge music by whether it feels good or doesn't. Yeah, and this is something like I'm definitely gonna go through this whole album. Mm-hmm. This is going to be added to the collection. I'm going to listen to it. Right. And I'm There's going to be some you're going to hate. There's going to be some of it. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to like. And that's I don't okay. say hate. But I it's probably going to be a keeper. Like. It's probably going to be as an album because I don't believe in collecting songs. Yeah. It's going to be a keeper of an album. Yeah. And then I'll filter out what right, I don't what want you don't like. as, yeah. as I play. Yeah. This, this album, you know what's funny is as it goes on, some of it, even for me, it, it's just what it is. They had one album. And then what I think they did with this album is they added on like EPs and stuff like that, so it's very long for a like a so punk, just kept like a build, punk rock album. It kept building up. So some some of the songs I listen to and I'm like, all right, I've, I've had enough of that. I've had you know, because some of it it, it almost sounds like they just threw the song together, but okay. the core songs are amazing. Okay, I get I get um, what you're saying. So yeah, but that's 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 Op Ivy. That's that's my punk rock introduction. So this came out in 89. No, it this, Original. this came uh originally. 88. They broke up in 89. So this comp probably came out in 87? 87. Okay. Yeah. So from 87 to 2007, this was remastered. Okay. And I think everybody should at least give this song at least this song a shot. Yeah. I highly recommend it. And now for Now, I put this on the list. I know it's on it's on both of our lists of songs we love. Okay. Pantera Cowboys from Hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, and it, when I, you know, what's funny is when I saw this on there, I was like, yeah, this definitely could have been on mine. Uh, uh, but it wasn't a genre changing song for me. It was, well, this is honestly one of the first heavy metal songs I heard. Right. Like I'd heard hard rock stuff and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But this was the one that was like, holy crap. Yeah. This is, this is new. Yeah. And it wasn't even new at the time. It was 90, uh, 95, six. Right. Summer that, of ninety six. That, that came out in ninety one. Yeah, somewhere there. I was behind the times anyway. Yeah. I didn't know which. I didn't know shit from shit. Right. But this is that story. That kid sitting in front of me in summer school turned around. Hey, you like metal? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he just handed me a stack you, of CDs. Now you do. He might as well have just said, "Here you go. Yeah. Now you do." Yeah. And Pantera Cows from Hell. That is a no skip album for me. No. And that first riff, just the way that comes. <sighs> I listened to it again coming over here today. It's so and it's good. Just, yeah. It's it's the very few times I'll use the word delicious when describing music, but so good. I love it so much. Yeah, yeah. And then just his voice. It was so so different. It was not it was not James Hetfield. It was no. not uh it was screaming, but it was not uh Rob Halford. It's it was very raw. It, it was, was very raw and it was you know, these guys are these these are southern guys. Yeah. It had a little bit of the South felt into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it, it didn't feel like New York versus L.A. metal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we had Anthrax versus Metallica or Megadeth mm-hmm. and, and Wasp and, you know, back and forth between. Nothing was coming out of Texas, really. Yeah. As far as metal came. And Not then that I could think of, no. 
And then these guys were all groove. Mm-hmm. And like you didn't hear that from other bands until like uh, Suicidal Tendencies or um, basically bands that wanted to be Pantera. Well, Suicidal Tendencies was a punk band. Yeah, they were a punk a, band, a, but a, they t- a thrash hardcore. They band. turned into very groovy stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, and then they actually started a a, a, a groove band, Infectious Grooves. Yeah, yeah, Rupture Heo. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a whole other genre. Yeah, and that's for me. That is the. The Latin American effect on heavy metal. Yes. And it is so huge and so beautiful. Which, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I didn't realize it when I was younger, mm-hmm. that there are some drum beats that are straight up Latin jazz. Oh, I did. Straight you know, up Latin metal. Uh, my brother-in-law asked me one time, uh, you know, because uh, they're, they're Chilean. And uh, he asked me, what are there any drums that are like, you know, like tribal? And I went... Sepultura. You beat me to it. Come on, Dave. (laughs) I was like, just put on Sepultura. I'm not even a huge fan of Sepultura, and I I have a huge amount of respect for them. The first two albums, Chaos AD and and, uh, Arise, Uh, uh, you know, amazing to me. I I definitely, like, I'm not a huge fan. And even Roots. Yeah. Roots uh, is very, very specifically late in time. Yeah. Like, it feels like it belongs to... And this is the same thing I said about uh, Testament getting in touch with their in this in Chuck Billy's case his Native American roots. Yeah, Max and Igor Cavallera got very in touch with their South Brazilian, yeah. their Brazilian um, indigenous people roots. Right. I don't know exactly what the name is. I believe Kaiopo. I don't know. But they're, um, I mean, they're incredible. But yeah, but I told yeah I told my brother in law I was like I was like and I would I have can never show found you, I can show you Sepultura songs that are straight up tribal drum beats. Even Soulfly stuff and, has it. Yeah. Well, it's Max, guys. yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, and he, see, I played him some, and he's like, "Wow!" And I'm like, "Yeah, see, don't don't judge what I listen to just because of what it is." You I'll know? throw this out there because of Sepultura, um, and some of the, the like. There's a tattoo shop a block away, yeah. where I got the tattoo on my leg done. The guys were in there listening to Rata Blanca, White Rat. What's, okay, it's power metal. Okay, but Spanish, totally in Spanish. All right. And they're like, oh, we'll change the music. I said, no, it's cool. Yeah. Like, really? I'm like, yeah. It, just because it's not in English doesn't mean it's yeah. not awesome. Right. I like Japanese metal. I like Japanese. Yeah. Some Japanese pop music is actually kind of fun. Oh, is it? it? Yeah, a little, little bit. I'm right. not talking like, I'm not listening to anime soundtracks. What do, you, what do you think of baby metal? I think it's adorable. It is. I think I, anyone who hates baby metal, yeah. <laughs> lighten the fuck up. <laughs> Did really? you see the, I forget the other guy. There's a big white dude that does it. What is that? I don't know. Oh, I gotta find it after this, and and, and we'll put it in the notes or Between something. Between that, like that and the guy who dresses up a, like a clown and sings sad songs, <laughs> Puddles Pity Party. <laughs> what? You've never heard that? And he's a real like a crooner. Yeah. In in a in a sad clown outfit. Yeah. Singing like Rainbow in the Dark. That's hilarious. It's it's he's a really good singer, yeah. almost operatic. Okay. And it's weird. Yeah. But good. <laughs> so back to Cowboys from Hell. Cowboys from Hell was one of those first songs, not even CDs, but the actual song yeah. was the first Pantera song I ever heard. Yeah. And then that opened the floodgates. Yeah. And then I've, met, I've, I've met them too. Yeah. I've met them more than <laughs> once. Um, I'm, I didn't get to see Damage Plan their last time through. I did not. I did not. And I, I, felt I wasn't, bad about I wasn't that. a big Damage Plan, plan fan. I wouldn't turn it off, but I was not a big uh, uh, fan, like I, I didn't buy albums, or you know. I bought I bought the album. Okay, I was I, I was hoping to see them live, and right. then unfortunately, yeah. Dan Bagdaro was murdered on stage. Yeah, um, his brother passed years later, so unfortunately, now we're left with um, the singer Phil, who 
I'm not a fan of as a right. person, and Rex, who I'm not really into. It, it's, it's and they're teaming there, up yeah. with Zach Wilde and Charlie Benante. Zach Wilde, famously from Ozzy's band, yeah. and Charlie Benante of Anthrax to go out and do Pantera, Pantera songs. songs. It's like a tribute band, basically. That's what I like. And as long as they're treating it like a tribute, I'm okay with that. Which but I think they will. I can see Zach doing that's it. That's what they're tribute. saying. And I'm glad, but the se- they're not I, Pantera. They're not gonna. He's not gonna go out. I as, think they're well. Going they're gonna out go out as, as. They're gonna go out as Pantera. But I think uh, if I the the way the, the way I with Zach's attitude, I don't think he's going to say oh, he I'm better in Pantera. He better not. I don't think so, and I don't. And think, I don't think Charlie would either. I de- well, I'm I have opinions on Charlie that are more personal that aren't music related. Yeah, Charlie's one of the best drummers in metal. Mm-hmm. He's another guy, a Queens guy into right. Latin music. You can hear it in Anthrax. Yeah. Um, Zach is a great guitarist. He's a fantastic writer. Um, my issue is he was very close with Dime. Yeah. And I felt like after Dime died, he went off the rails a bit. Okay. And I don't know. I just hope it doesn't bring up that, like, doesn't rip the scab. I don't th- I don't think he would do it if it did. Yeah. I hope. I think, I think he's going to look at, at, at it more as a tribute to him. And then... I I have major issues with Phil's yeah. attitude, ties to yeah, yeah. beliefs and his yeah. I'm not a fan. Yeah, um, I actively not gonna lie, avoid. I, I might go see. No, I'm not telling anyone right. not to. I don't believe that my opinion should influence anybody else's. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that for me, I'm not a fan of Phil because right. of these reasons. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna bring him I'm up. not yeah, even gonna shit to. talk him. Right. I'm exercising my opinion by not participating. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like I said, I have a, that huge divide because I am a fan of Pantera. I was a fan of Down. Mm-hmm. And I, Down has become difficult for me to listen to. Yeah. Um, he is the voice of New Orleans for heavy metal. Yeah. And that is push and pull for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, his, his attitude, really his attitude is more of a problem for me uh-huh. than anything. Because his attitude leads to everything else. And that hurts. <laughs> but in the end, that band was Dime and Vinny. Yeah. And that's why it's so hard to, to look at Pantera without them. Well, he's another, if, if you're calling back to a previous episode, he was another replacement. Yeah. Oh, Terry Glaze was the original singer. Yeah. Who, who was not not fun. there's a reason that band changed yes and it changed honestly with phil it changed for the better yes it changed the style became more groovy uh more aggressive Mm. and just all in all there's a wilder band oh yeah and then all through the albums but that launch point was super important yeah now who wants to talk about judas priest oh I, I could talk about Judas Priest for forever. We're gonna, because we've. I think we've talked about them in almost every, every episode. Yeah, except with for these, the Christmas. Do, wait, I talked about Halvard. Yes, so, you did. <laughs> it's Christmas. Yeah. Yes, you did. Oh, it was so bad. Um, in in Hellbent for Leather. Yes, you said previously. How did anyone not know? Right. It was. It I, was fucking cool. That's why. I, he's cool as shit. And that's not. That's not. I'm not saying he's. It was cool. That's why we didn't know. It's cool. I'm that's saying, why we didn't care. I, I'm saying that. Yeah. When it when it when it came out, it, it's amazing to me how many people went. Yeah, and yeah, and that's the greatest part of it. And that's the way. That's, why, that's, why that's the way it should it. be. Right. Right. But getting back to Hellbent for Leather, this song 
was basically the song that got me into heavy metal. I was a young kid, and like I told you, I think in like the first episode, your that, uncle, uh, my uncle, is seven years older than me, and uh, he was a heavy metal guy. And uh, since I was nine or ten years old, maybe even younger, he would play me the. And, and this is one. Of, it's actually the video. I'm very I'm very that, familiar with that the video. Got me in. I think it was, if I remember correctly. It, it was a live video, right? They were on stage. Yeah. Well, most of the videos back then, because right, because it's it, it's it's live footage. Yeah. They either well, they don't. Sometimes they'd even set up a stage. Yeah. And then just record it like they were performing Playing. live. Right. So a lot of the Bon Jovi videos and and Warrant and and uh, Poison videos were like that. Yeah. So so this is what this is what got me into it is is it was the look. It was the the leather jacket and. I wanted a leather jacket after that. I didn't want the hat. That was Nobody a, wants that, the hat. That was a weird look. The, but the motorcycle. I've, I've and always the, said those hats looked silly to me. Yeah. Only because I, growing up, my dad rode motorcycles. Yeah. Had to wear a helmet. Yeah. You have to wear a helmet. Yeah. The the look they were going for was a very English thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe they were called the Teddy Boys. I don't know. They were leather jacket, motorcycle hat yeah. guys from the 50s. Um. A lot of the early Beatles looks were based on that too. That the Beatles had the original leather look. Yeah, when they were in uh, Cologne, Germany. Okay, uh, that's where that comes from. But in this case, um, he got a lot of that from the German sex clubs. Yeah, yeah. And he, oh, they no. ma- before they started donning leather, they mm-hmm. dressed like hippies. Yeah. And it looked weird. Yeah. Like the music, I love Judas Priest. I love rock and roll. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. But when they made the move to wear leather, they don't look 100% comfortable. No. But they look cool as shit. But it, yeah. And, and, and it changed. It changed. It changed heavy metal. It, it, yeah. It changed the style. everybody did that. Right. And, and I had, we talked about. I mean, I've, I've had a leather. Well, I don't have one right now. But uh, I, I've had leather jackets my whole life. Yeah. Same. You know? I still have mine in my, in my closet. I don't and, wear it just because. Uh, I'm fat and I look like I'm wearing a cow. I look like I'm wearing a black cow. But then, but then the greatest part is, is that I, I got into punk, right? And so all I did was I put a, I got a, a, a denim jacket. I cut the arms off and, made and now a you vest, got a battle vest. And then I put the, the patches on. Yeah. And I wore that over. It. I thought I could do that. I, I, I really think I look like every fat guy in a motorcycle gang. Just put me on a fucking trike. I just a bearded fat mess. <laughs> Here comes Skeeter. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but Judas Priest is uh, that's that's a uh, heavy metal for me. That got oh. me. That got me started. Judas Priest was another one of those bands where I I learned about them, and when I first heard them, I heard Painkiller. Yeah, and so I had to go backwards. Yeah, wow. And the okay. more they went bluesy, as you know, they started out bluesy and yeah. got heavier. Yeah. The as I went backwards, I got bluesier, and mm-hmm. I got excited. I love blues and I love heavy metal. Uh-huh. And that combination, like Pantera, is is a combination that, that that's what sets my heart fluttering. Okay. Uh, the heavy, heavy stuff is one thing, but like groovy and like bluesy, rhythm and blues, heavy metal, mm-hmm. that stuff feels so good. <laughs> um, the first time I heard their covers, like Diamonds and Rust, yeah. uh, the Green Manalishi, which I did not know was a cover at mm-hmm. first, those are so good. Yeah. And then... For this to be a gateway for you is awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This wasn't a gateway. This is basically the start of my musical. It's the gate. That's the, the uh, front that is door. The, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. It's not even the gate. It's the front door right, to, to the right. entire That's genre. where it started. It's, that's basically where it started. So now we get to talk about somebody that you've also talked about in, 
I won't say incessantly, but constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Patton and Faith No More. Yes. I was uh, very excited when I saw you put this on. There. I, I had to put it on there because it's it's something that b- before I got into heavy metal, I knew the song. Right. My sister was a hair metal fanatic. Okay. This I wouldn't even call this heavy it's, metal, though. It's not. This is the beginning of like... Rap rock. Rap rock. Which, I, hate, I hate that that term. If we if we destigmatize the name, yeah. it's just two things that were put together. I like new metal. It's not even new metal because new, new, new metal is corn. Is new metal is like corn, limp biscuit. But this was the beginning of that. This is this was this was this is the predecessor. Right to me, this is what comes after Aerosmith and Run DMC. Yeah, with Walk This Way. It's a progression. It's, okay, all right. Not not that it's. I'm not even. I'm not saying that good or bad. I actually love this album. I, yeah, I will say it to the end of time. I love Faith No More. I love the real thing. It mm-hmm. is an amazing. Album. I love. I love that album too. I know it's not your favorite. Your favorite is Angel Dust. Yeah, mine is. Yeah, this. This is the first time I ever saw a tribute to Cliff Burton shirt on somebody. Okay, uh, Jim Martin, the mm-hmm. guitarist, was wearing one in the video. Yes, that's how I learned about Cliff Burton. Like I looked, really, you I, looked into it from the shirt. I looked at the first time I saw the video that's as a teenager. Cool. I'm like, who is Cliff Burton? And I, really? I asked somebody else, and another guy goes, Yeah, he was based from Metallica, bus accident. Yeah. Wow. A whole myriad of wrong information. Okay. It was in New Jersey. Yeah. Eventually, I heard the real story. Yeah. And um, Mike Borden, with his drums being completely flat. Yeah. Like, none of them are aimed at him. Like, most drummers have their drums facing them. Mm -hmm. He completely straight. Like, you could set dinner on them. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen that before or since. You know what? You know, I'm sure Mike could tell us, but I've tried that, and it's so, how do you do that? It's got to hurt. Yeah. Because Mike was showing me when we were when we were at that show the other uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, he was showing me like the the a lot of the the because we we got to the side of the stage where it was like not a lot of people we could see the whole stage the whole time and he of course he's watching the drummer of course and he's like they're doing this thing with their arm he goes to get a certain sound from the from the hi hat the cock and he goes the upper and arm he, he goes it looks so painful and he goes they're all doing it and instead of lowering the cymbal right yeah. You know, Mike, one thing, Mike, don't quit. (laughs) This is going to be a theme through the next hundred of these. I don't care. I love you, Mike. But one of the most important things I've noticed about Mike, Mike is very interested in about making the job for himself Mm. easier. Mm. He's not interested in making it flashy. Right. He will. He'll stick twirl. No, he'll stick twirl and he'll do all that stuff. He will because he's made his job easy enough where he can. Right. He's made... The symbols and the the drums in placement where he can move them comfortably, mm-hmm. and that's huge. That's mm-hmm. a huge deal. You know, there's I've seen I used to see guys in Roxy all the time doing what I called the shoulders. They'd be playing and their shoulders would be going like this, like yeah. they're riding a horse because they're moving instead of moving their arm like this, the, the, yeah, they're moving the, the whole shoulders right. yeah. because they have all the drums set up wrong. Yeah. So their arms are all the way up here. They, they they look like they've been beaten to death by the time they're done playing. So so do you know the reason why he played the drums like that? Not Flat a clue. Like that? I've never and I've seen him play with obviously with Faith No More. Yeah. Not I didn't get, ever get to see Faith No More live. I actually gave my tickets away. What? 
it was I had to work. I couldn't take off. I had two me. tickets. Oh, well, we didn't know each other back then. We, well, we did. We, just, we did. We just weren't hanging yeah. out. <laughs> Funny enough, I did give them away, and I gave them to my friend Sean to give to somebody else. Uh, he gave them to uh, this guy Ray Mazzola, okay, the singer for a hardcore band, Full Blown Chaos. Uh, okay, uh, this dude is a huge Faith No More fan, mm-hmm. like me. He asked if I wanted something for them. I'm like, no. I spent the money, but I yeah. lost out on it. Enjoy. Gave him the tickets. This is the same guy who used to work at the record factory over on 86th Street. Uh-huh. He was the guy you used to see in the in the music store all right. the time. He's in. He was in um, Full Blown Chaos and his current band. I don't know if they're st- if he's still working with both, but his other band is Brick by Brick. Okay. These guys are amazing. Uh-huh. If you like hardcore, yeah, these are the guys to look at. I'll check it out. His voice is brutal. Yeah, brutal. Anyway, he got to see Faith and More live. I did not, but I've seen Borden play live with Ozzy. Ozzy, yeah, and that was it. Was Ozzy, uh, Robert Trujillo, mm-hmm. and Zach. Yeah, and then somewhere in the corner was Adam Wakeman playing keyboards <laughs> off stage because he's not allowed to be seen in public. Yeah, why? I don't. There's five members in Black Sabbath. Yeah. And he's never five current there are five members all the time. Yeah. Only four. Adam Wakeman is is the one guy who's not on stage with them, but he's on every album. Yeah. He plays Keith since whatever they needed. Huh. But he's he's not even recognized. Interesting. And he's there. He's always been there. He's he was on the last the last several albums. Yeah. Not the last two, but the ones before that. Mm-hmm. And he actually is in a project with a singer called Damian Wilson, and it's uh, Wakeman and Wilson. Okay. But yeah, that's, you know, that's, Mike Borden had this amazing band around him. Mm. He He's equally amazing. It's not like he was being, like, carried or, you know. Right, right. So, f- fantastic. But, I still don't know how he fucking plays like that. I don't know. I have no idea. But yeah, that got me, Faith and More Epic got me, I was maybe 10 when I first heard it. Jesus Christ. Maybe, you know what? Maybe younger. No, but I was. I was a teenager. You're also. You're also older, yeah. slightly older than me. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, you said you just turned forty-one. Mm-hmm. I'm five years older than you. Yeah, five years. Yeah. But those five years back then were huge. That's the difference between a ten-year-old and fifteen. I, my, yeah, I'm a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. So those were like formative years. My, so I got dragged to anything my sister had to go to. Yeah. In the summer, I got dragged to. So these motherfuckers, her and her friends, wanted to go to Tower Records in the city. Yeah. To meet Nelson. Those two blonde guys? Yep. Wasn't that, uh, who's sons with those? Ozzy and Harriet. Yeah. Can I just say for the record, I have never given Lisa of a shit about two human beings, <laughs> except for Gwen Stefani and Gary. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I did not care. I had to stand there and get something signed. Like, they signed a headshot of yeah, these two yeah. blonde white assholes. <laughs> they looked like bleached assholes. Yeah. And then I gave it to my sister. She had two. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's I don't even care. I'm going to name everyone who was standing there that day. It was the Boves, Kim and Loren, their older sister, Christine, and my sister. Now, Kim and Loren now... Is, is her name Lauren? No, Loren. Is it spelled Lauren? Uh, no, it's spelled as it's pronounced. I can't, I'm not what, doing that right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm far too fat and far too dyslexic to spell anything for you. So Kim and Loren and their older sister, Christine, my sister, uh, the Kim and Loren are twins and their older sister and their mom. And then they took my sister. And because my sister went somewhere, I had to go. Uh huh. It was a nightmare. 
I was a bratty kid, obviously. I was a piece of shit. I'm still a piece of shit. I'm just, now I'm in control of myself, somewhat. But yeah, I was dragged to Tower Records in the city to meet Nelson. Nelson. I will never say their name without a little venom. I cannot stand them. Ugh, they had two hits, and both of them I wish never existed. After the rain? After the rain, and there was one, another one. Love and affection. Whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Wish one of them had an infection. Fucking hate them too. You know, fuck them. Fuck Gwen Stefani. I guess fuck Mariah Carey too. She can go sit on a hammer. I'm gonna make like an enemies list. I'm gonna end up sounding like Bobby Fischer at the end of this. Hundred episodes in, it's gonna. It's just gonna be a list. So that leads us to our final entry. Yeah. I, I don't know how to describe how weird it was to hear Cypress Hill because I haven't heard them. In 20 years. Okay. Um, this is not the song I knew them by. What did you know them by? Rock Superstar or something no, like that? No. Um, insane. Okay. That's yeah. the next album. Yeah. I knew none of this. So uh, what it is is uh, how I could just kill a man. Yeah. Uh, I could have picked any number of, of, of songs, not just by them, but by House Pain or somebody. House Pain I'm because, familiar with. Because. Uh, White Irish Boston. Guys. I was. Yeah. No. <laughs> Are they not Boston? Are they Philly guys? No, they're New York guys. Are they New York? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. I hate them more. (laughs) I don't. I don't hate them. I don't dislike them. He says I I don't listen. I always (laughs) hop the train in the Valley Stream or whatever in one of his songs. Bet he did. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, what you don't like Everlast? Don't put Everlast on that list. I'll kick you across the table. That man is a national I felt, treasure now. I felt that I felt that threat in my soul and it felt so good. No, I I, I don't have anything against Everlast. Uh-huh. I just don't care. All right. So it's 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 I have a no relationship with them. Like, okay. There's no established. Like the House of Pain? Yeah. You're part Irish. Again, yeah, this so is much. another one where like I heard this and I was like, I have to like Yeah, this. I don't give a fuck about the pogues either. All right. Now nah, the pogues I don't like. Yeah. But uh but this was my introduction to, I guess, hip hop. Not, not my introduction. White I knew. Hip-hop. I, I knew. No, <laughs> Cypress Hill is a I bunch know, of no. Hispanic guys. Yeah, I know they're Hispanic. Hispanic dudes. But uh, you said House of Pain. My way, white rap. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but this type. I guess. You, I guess this would be. Is it the precursor or the int- the, the right at gangster rap? I think so. I, right. I, now we. This was early I wanna, '90s. So I just want to establish this. We are probably two of the least qualified people to talk about gangster rap right. that exists. Right, right. But this is but this is what got me into, uh, you know, hip hop. Yeah. And 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 I, I listen. I'm not the most like you said. I'm not the most versed in hip hop. But there are certain things that I like. You're still going to be more versed than I am, and I am not terribly right. I'm not terribly bad at it. So I love Cypress Hill. Uh, even though they kind of, in my eyes, they fell off recently. Like they released an album, I think a year or two ago and I listened to it and it was like trippy. It was, they, they changed their style completely. Okay. And I didn't like it. It was not for, for the better in your eyes. Right. Okay. And House of Pain, kind of the same thing. They had that great first album. Their second album was, ah, Okay. They had a second album. (laughs) Yes. I'm I'm not even being, I really, I didn't enjoy the first one, so I just didn't continue. And then they, you know, it just it just didn't happen. 
then you get the then you get the the the, the West Coast stuff. Like uh, now, you know, Dr. Dre. I was going to say, Snoop now we Dog. can talk about something I'm versed in. And see, now I didn't like that then. I would you listen know. to it because my sister was into that stuff. But I didn't like it as much as I do now. Okay, that, I get that. weird? No, I not really. I appreciate it now. I appreciated it then. I was back then. I appreciate it more now. I was, I was, even though I liked House of Pain and I liked Cypress Hill and I liked a few other things, I was back then, I mean, this is 91, 92. I was 13, 14. Go ahead. I'm going to say something. What? I realized we're idiots. What? So gangster rap, impossible to start with Cypress Hill. Why? It was the West Coast NWA. Good point. Good point. We just talked about Dre. Yeah. And and Mike, you're not going to be able to really... This this is one thing you're not going to be able to to, to, uh, I just corrected this. this. Yeah. But whatever that's considered, I don't know what that's considered. I don't even know what to call it, but it's definitely like... If if there was a stoner metal version of hip hop, yeah, I guess they would definitely sit right there. Yeah. So um, so what what I'm trying to say is that I, the reason why I didn't like that stuff was uh, I was your basic. If it's if it's not heavy metal, I don't like it. You okay. know what I mean? Rap sucks. I had that. I and, had and, that, thing. and I think I had that because of my friends around me who would do the same thing, and I would just follow along. And uh, so, but but now but now now I have an appreciation for it. You know, I, I see the I, I see the, the 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 artistry in it. You know, there's there's a definite style to it. We were talking about in a previous episode um, where I was making fun of one of your choices. Mm-hmm. I said, "Why not Rapper's Delight?" Which was '79. Yeah. And I, when you think about like we mentioned NWA just now, NWA, everyone out of there went on went to on be yeah big Ice Cube and Easy E. Unfortunately, before died, his death. Yeah. Um, Dre, mm-hmm. I forget who else. I don't remember. Anyway, but Dre led to a whole genre. Yeah, and then that led to Snoop, which led to Eminem. Yeah, that changed and, the face and, of. And then you have, not just you have Ice music. Cube on that side, and then you know, and it, geez, and Ice Cube it, made I, the transition. And not, not only that, I, I mean, you get the, it, it, it's and it's Ice T, and I don't know if he was was he gangster. Yeah, I guess he was gangster rap too. He definitely, but was. he was not part of that. No, he click was, or whatever you would call it. They, he was not part of that group. Right. Ice T was. It, it was a self proclaimed pimp. It was, and it, it was also the 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 uh, uh, Crips and the Bloods too, right? I have no so idea. I think, I think there was a. I think there was a a, a different gang affiliation. Well, with I that. know Snoop was definitely affiliated with one of them. Yeah, I don't remember but, which one. Uh, yeah, and then because of. Tupac coming on, yeah. Tupac was also then the huge... East West thing, and it, yeah, it got crazy. But Tupac also was a musician; like he wasn't just he was a into poet. rap. He was a poet. He was also a musician. He played yes. and worked with Digital Underground. Oh man, you beat me to it! I was about to say he's in nothing but trouble. That terrible movie, <laughs> yeah, but with with Dan Aykroyd and his dick nose, <laughs> <laughs> and then the character. <laughs> but I, so like I said, we're not. I'm I'm not qualified right. to talk about hip hop, but of what I know, I remember from the early '90s. Yeah, Tupac, and and Dre and Snoop, and uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yes, we're gonna I'm gonna go love with Onyx. If you want to go, oh, gangster, I love Onyx. Oh, you're getting me. See, filthy. I didn't realize how much I I, I loved hip hop back then. Now the thing is, I'm not. And I would never say it. I would never say it back then, and that's terrible. Yeah, and we because we're forced. We're taught by other people that's not cool. Yeah. And the same way people shit on metal now. Yeah. 
and I refuse now. I'm like, yeah, I listen to that. I listen to to dance music. I listen to you know, I, '80s freestyle. Oh, you want me? Yeah, '90s I'm, freestyle. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I was looking stuff up the other day for '80s. I'm like, and by the way, there's an iHeartRadio freestyle album. We'll listen to it on the way home. I'll give it a shot. Oh, come on. No, I'm I no, I'm going to give it a shot. You're going to we're going to yeah, play it on the way home. Yeah, we're going to play it on the way home. I enjoy it. But the idea that all this stuff was out there and we I I owned cassettes. To be cool, we didn't listen. To be cool, I stopped listening. Okay. And to be to be honest, it's cool shit. Yeah. And this is 30 years down the road. Yes. Um one of the craziest things that I remember was, I think it was Onyx and Biohazard. Yes. That was the first time I heard Biohazard. Come on. That is the best soundtrack ever. Uh, Judgment Night. Judgment Night. Which is a terrible movie. Terrible movie. Great soundtrack. I think I think I watched Dennis Leary die like six times on purpose. <laughs> I just, I'm not a fan. Okay. Uh, not, no, not of Dennis Leary. Just Boston that movie. Guy. Oh. No, no, I, liked, I love Dennis Leary. <laughs> Dennis Leary's hilarious. He's a dick. Yeah. Uh, not my favorite Boston guy. My favorite Boston guy is Lenny Clark. All right. Stole yeah, the bus while he was running for mayor. Yep. His uh, he was running under the um, the his banner was uh, fuck the Kennedys. Yeah, so that's always funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't think we need to end this when we feel like ending it. We can end it any time. But I really like the idea that we got to talk about a genre that is outside, way outside, way outside. And listen, like 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 uh, Dave said, uh, we have a hit the stage podcast at gmail dot com. If we got anything wrong, let us know. If we got anything right. If we got anything right, let us know. And if you have any ideas, if you want to just tell us you hate us, love us. Yeah. You think chicken nuggets are awesome, yeah. terrible, you let us know. Yeah. Uh, also, check out uh, our in- Instagram, hit the po- uh, hit the stage podcast. Yeah. At Instagram, um, I am basher.exe. <laughs> Mine is uh, nugs, N-O-O-G-Z, 2-9. And uh, yeah, and also... Uh, this this I, I hear I haven't seen it yet, but uh, if you give five star ratings and 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 uh, and positive reviews, apparently it moves us up in uh, in searches on 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 podcast uh, uh, apps. So if you feel, if you're so inclined and you could give us five star ratings and 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 say hey, I kind of like them, or just give us five stars and say eat a dick. I do, don't it. Care. do it. Do it. Do <laughs> it. Mike, don't quit. Mike, do it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> All right. So on that, we're going to say, uh, uh, I'm going to say, fuck Mariah Carey. <laughs> and fuck Gwen Stefani. <laughs> and who else did I say? Uh, uh, who else? Uh, oh, wasn't it Everlast? No, it wasn't no. Everlast. Oh, know. Nelson. 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 <laughs> fuck Nelson. Matthew and Gunnar Nelson can suck each other off in hell. <laughs> and for that, Happy New Year. Happy we New love Year, everybody. You. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye. Bye.